Good morning. Welcome. Good to see you all. My name's Mark. I'm one of the, the leaders of the church here. Uh, we're continuing today in our God in the Ordinary series. Um, and today we have the privilege of looking at the subject of raising a family, um, which is an interesting one. Now, we've said all the way along through this series that the contents of our last series, Life in the Holy Spirit, is vital to every part of our lives. Perhaps none more so than in raising a family. Do I hear an amen? (laughs) We need the Holy Spirit's power and we need the Holy Spirit's wisdom as we raise a family. And as we share as a family this morning, that certainly uh, is the case. Just to give a, a very quick context of our family, this is my beautiful wife Jackie down the front here, and uh, we, <laughs> we, we met at a Christian youth camp when we were 17, it was the end of July 1981, which means somewhere around this weekend we have been together for 35 years. Um, <laughs> And uh, yes, we were very young. Um, and we've been married for 32 of those. We were actually married 1984 at the age of 20. And we had our first child, Lauren, three years later when we were uh, in 87, when we were 23. Two years after that, uh, in 1989, we had our middle daughter that you just heard singing to you, Katie, uh, when we were 25. Then there was an eight-year gap before Megan was born. Now, the thing is, before we got married, we talked about how many children that we wanted. By the way, just a quick marriage, if you're getting ready for marriage or you're preparing for marriage, talk about how many children you want. Because if he wants five and you don't want any, there's a disparity, okay? Anyway, we agreed together uh, that we wanted to have two children. But during my first ever trip to Africa, uh, Uganda specifically, I was deeply impacted by God in a whole number of ways, which I won't go into today. But when I got back, we spent two or three days talking solidly. We talked about dreams, we talked about ambitions, we talked about what God had for us in our life. And one of the things during that talk was that we discovered we both wanted another child. But because we'd agreed before we got married that we were only going to have two, neither of us had ever talked to the other one about it. So we talked a lot about it. We actually prayed because we by then had two girls. And we prayed. We went away for a week. We prayed. And we really felt God say, no, we'd love to have another child. And we really don't mind if it's a girl or a boy. And so in 1997, Megan was born. By this time, Jackie was just a couple of months off of the age of 33. And promptly announced on the birthing table, that's it, I'm not having another one. (laughs) I'm going to read a, a scripture in a moment, but can I just pray? Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. And that's the key to all of this. And as we share today, this morning, as we talk about what does it mean to be in family? What does it mean particularly as we want to honor you in our family? We want to be a Christian family, we thank you for Jesus and all that we've sung and worshipped this morning. We thank you for all that that means to us as we think about family. 
And Holy Spirit, we just welcome you again right now. We thank you. We thank you for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you for that great community. And we pray, would you lead us and help us as we share today in your precious name. Psalm 127. Psalm 127 verse 3 says this. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. In other words, they are a gift. They are a blessing from God. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, a children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Well, I did a little bit of research and I'm told that a quiver can hold anywhere between 8 and 30 arrows. Uh, But when the voice of authority tell you that that's enough... You're a very wise husband if you listen. Okay, but I, I do want to underline this truth here. Our children are a heritage. They are a gift from God. Can you hear that, please, this morning? Our children, they're a heritage. They're a gift from God. They are not our right. They're certainly not our possession to be owned or controlled or paraded. Neither are our children a curse or an unwanted burden that we have to put up with. Children are a heritage from the Lord. They are gifts from God. They display the glory of God. You might not think that on occasion, but they do. They display the life-giving heart of God. They display his glory because they are created in his image. And they continuously remind us of his promise and his command to us to be fruitful and to multiply. Our children give us the opportunity to show love, mercy, grace and patience, just like the Father has shown to us. We are able to show the heart of God as we work out family life Together, We were made for community. We were made to display God's glory. So basically, I've told you uh, in that moment there that the whole family is a sermon. Family life is a sermon to those around us. And so Jackie and I, when we were first told about uh, this possibility, we felt that all of us as a family should share in this time this morning. So what I did was I gave all of them four questions, really just as a framework to help them. But basically, I gave them a freedom to say whatever they like. Okay? The only thing that they've all asked me to say is this. We are not perfect by any means. And that as they share one by one, my daughters and obviously uh, Jackie, as they share one by one, They want to say, this is what we've tried to do. These are the things that we have learned as a family. But they want to say there are definitely other ways, and some of them are quite likely to be a whole lot better. We are still learning even now. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to start with my eldest daughter, who's married, uh, lives in Tunbridge Wells. She's uh, not here today, but she's going to come and visit us by video. Hello, Gateway. Sorry I can't be with you in person today. Uh, I feel very honoured to be asked to be part of the talk though. 
Um, there's so, so much I wanted to say and um, being a thornet after all this, <laughs> I have a lot to say. But um, I just picked two areas which of our family life now and when I was growing up which are really important to me and have meant a lot to me over the years. Um, the first one is that I'm really grateful for the level of presence that mum and dad have had in our life. Um, their being around was a really important factor in our closeness as a family and the richness of our relationship now. Um, just having someone there when we got home from school and when we had dinner and um, spending quality time together over the weekends and on holiday. It's just, it was just so special that one or both of them was um, always there and um, they were also always present at all our plays and sport events and dances and dramas and fashion shows and everything else that happens in a family. Um, and I th- But I think it's much bigger than having a stay-at-home parent or working shorter hours or whatever. It's, it's more about the quality of the time when you are together. Um, just having dinner together were really precious moments of sharing and talking and laughing and... Um, Sometimes really deep stuff came out, um, occasionally ending in uh, Dad and I sitting at the table with a copy of Systematic Theology. That is a true story. (laughs) But, you know, the time we spent together wasn't big or expensive time together, but it was just being present um, with one another. Um, And it's really important for me that Mum and Dad didn't just attend the stuff we did, but they really engaged with it. Whatever was our thing at the time, they took interest in it and they cared about it, got involved where they could. Um, Mum and Dad became coaches when we did gymnastics and Dad's been to all of my plays and we've been to see plays ourselves in, in London and things like that. So he's just always engaged with what's been going on with us. And because of that, it helped us to know that they wanted to know us on a deeper level um, and it allowed us to let them in to our emotional deeper levels, as it were, which being a house full of women, there are a lot of emotional deeper levels um, to deal with. Um, And it meant that when we were stressed or anxious or facing dilemmas of any kind, we knew that mum and dad really did care, um, really did want to know and um, want to hear about it and that was important Um, it kept the barriers down between us all as for our relationships it's the bit that's been the most important for me has been that we've just the level of trust that's been involved in our family Um, dad and mum never I don't think sat us down and said you you can't date or you can't go to this party you can't go out here you can't do this um it was always just open communication um, and and trust in that. Um, it meant that instead of there was rules and regulations, that we were kind of guided through situations and loved through situations and given advice when we were when we asked for it, but also taught discernment um, on how to make our own decisions. And that wasn't just in relationships; that was in in everything really, from from what did we read and what did we watch to where do we go and who do we speak to? It was it was just a guidance of these are things you can apply to your own life and every time you make a decision, this is how you can do it. Um, and that's really key growing up to, to have the 
not just the rules and regulations, but the knowledge of how to how to discern for yourself to go down a good path, I suppose. Um, and being free to live out our relationships within the family atmosphere. Um, our boyfriends have always been welcomed into the family home. They've always been got to know really well. And um, even mum and dad have taken them on holiday and things like that, which is really been really special and has also meant that there was no reason to hide away um, or keep anything secret because we could just do it in the open. Um, what that also has meant is that mum and dad have been able to uh, be part of, um, particularly for Nat, be part of him growing up and um, having been with him since I was 17. Um, dad's been able to input in him in a in a fatherly way right from the beginning and and that's just strengthened and shaped us all um and uh that attitude has then also i guess as sisters has kept us really close together because we were able to welcome each other's partners into the family um welcome them as brothers um i absolutely adore Callum and Harry even though they might be shaking their heads right now I really do and you know just to have them um really truly grow up with them and have them as family members is such a special thing um and um so I guess the key things for me is that we've loved each other accepted each other and and championed one another but also we've been real um and kept the communication open and engage with each other um, on as deep a level as we can. Um, and I hope and pray that that we can continue to do this and also that I can grow these traits in my own family too. Thanks for listening to me and um, I hope to see you all soon. Take care. Bye. So that's my eldest daughter, now my, or our, it, middle daughter. It's quite hard doing it twice, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I feel like I've done it once. I don't know if I can say the same thing again. Lauren got it easy. She did hers on video. Okay, so um, as Dad said, he didn't know it in the first service that none of us had followed his questions, but he knows that now. So basically, Lauren just went for it and didn't follow any of Dad's questions. I freaked out because I was like, oh, I can't answer any of those questions. So I rang Lauren and she was like, I'm not answering them. So I thought, oh, well, I won't either. Um, <laughs> so I've gone for... Um, three quotes that dad said all the time if you know daddy you know he has like little catchphrases um and so you might have heard some of them before so the first one is Corsican Malcolm and uh, he just said to me it's from a tv advert or something I didn't know that but I just knew that it was something that dad always said so whenever we said that we couldn't do something dad always used to go Corsican Malcolm um and it has stuck with me for ever I guess um it sounds a bit fluffy but I think the word that explains it is that we were empowered um as children we were um Told, we were never told that we were too girly or too weak or too small or too young to try something um, and to learn something. And dad having three girls, um, he was determined that he wasn't going to have three wimpy girls. And we did gardening and we cleaned the car and we did like change the oil and all of that kind of thing. Um, and um, we were empowered to learn new things and 
taught that it is okay to fail um, and that we could get up and have another go. And if you were in the first service, there was a really good example of that because we totally messed up a song t- like about three times um, and we kept on going. And then in the second song, uh, second, second service, we've nailed it. So there you go. You can fail and you can have another go and it's all right. Um, but I think... I understand it more now being a teacher. I teach four and five-year-olds and I see so often children that are fearful of failing and not willing to have a go at something because they're scared that they're going to get it wrong. Um, And that's really important, isn't it, in life? That's how we learn. We do things wrong and we have another go. And I'm so thankful for that in our lives. And I don't quite know how you do that as a parent, but I hope I'm going to give it a go with my children one day and teach them that it's okay to fail. And we get back up and we have another go. Um, And to give them that um, empowerment to do things and to learn things and that we can't be restricted to the stereotypes that are around. So one little story that's quite funny um, is that when I was about 18, um, I had a Ford Escort that was really dodgy. Um, it hardly ever started. It had loads of like leaking problems and was always filled with water. Um, and so dad, in his pushing us on to learn new things and to be independent and to um, do stuff, he taught me how to jump start the car. Um, and also he taught me how to change a tire and all of that, change the oil. Um, and at this point, Callum couldn't drive, um, cause I'm a couple of years older than Callum. And so he was with me and we were, um, in the car park at the Brunel and, um, this car had, this other Ford Escort had like broken down behind us and he couldn't start the car. And this guy was, he's pretty rough in this car. And I was 18 years old, little blonde girl. And um, I turned to Callum and I was like, Callum, I know how to jump start that car. Um, Cause I used to do it all the time. And Callum's like, what? Um, and, uh, and then I was like, shall I go and say to him, do you want me to start your car? And so I did. And this guy got out of the car and Callum and him pushed it. And I jump started. the. I was like praying like crazy. God, please make this car start. And I jump started the car first time. And um, that was just a little story of like, it was pretty cool. And I was like, yes, I'm so glad that dad's taught me these things. And I am, I'm willing to have a go at stuff. And I think, you know, that's, that, that story is just a funny one. But actually, it's really important in life. Um, so yes, the second quote that, uh, I've got is, um, one that, you know, when you're a kid and you ask for something and you can't have it and you go, oh, it's not fair. Um, and the response we used to get was, well, life's not fair. Um, (laughs) and it sounds a bit harsh, but I understand now what the, what the point was, um, when that was said, um, and I'm really thankful for it, um. As you'll probably tell by the way we speak, the three girls, the three of us, are really different. Um, and the things that we needed and the things, the way that we needed to be disciplined and the way that we needed to be spoken to was really different for each of us. Um, and we were taught that actually that's okay. It's okay that one of us will get something and the other one won't, or one of us will um, be talked to in one way and the other one of us will be spoken to differently. And that it's not about being fair or unfair. It's about who we are and what we need at that time. Um, and I think that's the same for us and God, isn't it? Often we can, in life, we can be a bit like, oh, it's not fair. I wish I had that gift or I wish I was like that person or I wish I could do this and um, that's not fair. And actually, that's not the way that God works with us. We've all been 
we're all unique and we've been made differently and the things that we need and the way that we need to be dealt with and the gifts that we need all look different. Um, and the other part of that was that um, when we used to ask for like the latest phone or we wanted to go on a fancy holiday or we didn't want to, I don't know, spend our time doing something else, we'd rather go and watch TV actually we were taught that our lives would look differently to the other people in the world and that um, it's not about... So when Dad used to say life's not fair, he meant actually you're, we're, we're designed to look differently. The things that God's got for us, the way that we're going to shape our life is not going to look the way that your friends at school might look. And the things that you have might look differently. And it's not about being fair or unfair, it's about making decisions to um, live the way that God's designed for us. And the third one is, you might have heard him say this in church because he says it all the time, is we'll do what we can with what we have from where we are. Um, And, oh, it made me emotional in the first one and it's going to do it again. Uh, This one, I just think mum and dad demonstrated so well. Um, I think at the moment Callum and I are really in a blessed position where we've got great jobs and um, we have got time and we don't have kids yet and we can serve and we can be available. And um, But mum and dad demonstrated something that even when you've got kids and you've got less time and you've not got loads of money, you do what you can with what you have from where you are. Um, and um, we were always a part of that adventure. It never felt like, you know, in the days of um, setting out chairs at the link centre or putting out equipment at the county ground. It never felt like that was mum and dad's adventure and that we were somewhere else. We were a part of that adventure as a family. And it meant sometimes that we made sacrifices and that we didn't do the things that other people did, but we understood that we do what we can with what we have from where we are. Um, and uh, in the first service, I, I just felt... Um, I wasn't going to say it, but I just felt God say like that that counts for each of you as well. Whatever your family looks like, whether you have a family or not, whether your family doesn't look like ours, that God says to you, do what you can with what you have from where you are, that he knows your situation, that he loves you and that he's got good plans for you and you're to take little steps to honour him with what you have when you can. And uh, last but no means least, uh, our youngest daughter, Megan. So, uh, as Dad says, I'm the youngest, but um, as my family will tell you, I'm also the most emotional, so I'll do my best, but you'll have to bear with me. Um, So, unlike my sisters, I followed the questions to the point, exactly, um, which will tell you a bit about me. Um, So, the first one he asked was, um, what was always important? Um, I just want to say before I start that um, if I repeat something that my sisters have already said, it's probably because it was a very key point and is quite important. Um, So yeah, what was always important. Um, My favourite thing that my parents um, do and have always done is encourage us in who we are um, and help us flourish as individuals. Um, As the youngest of three sisters, and pretty cool sisters at that, um, you often find yourself comparing you um, to who they are. Um, But although my sisters and I have similarities and some of the same qualities and abilities, um, my parents have always found ways of showing me how I was individual. 
um, that I have talents and attributes my sisters don't. Um, as well as this, if I told my dad now, if I want to dye my hair pink for a week, he would reply, carry on, go for it. And that's how I want to be as a parent. You know, he and mum have always encouraged us to make the best decisions for our lives, to stay safe, to know we're loved and, and cared for, and that they help us stay on the right path. But if we want to do something and go for it, we feel like we can because they're always one step behind us ready to catch us and they're always um, fully for us. Um, so, yeah, the next question was what are we most thankful for? Um, our parents have never made us be Christians or forced us to go to church um, and that's really important. It was always our choices um, as individuals and we never had to be a certain thing to fit the image of what a Christian family should look like. Um, Mum and Dad never expected us to do a certain certain thing or act differently because of it um, and we were just allowed to be ourselves, um, individual from Mum and Dad's commitments to God and in turn this has meant that my faith and relationship with God is a lot stronger um, and that's because it's built on on my own belief and what I know is true. And it's a lot more personal to me. Um, I'm also thankful that my parents have prayed every day for the friendships and relationships in our lives. That's friendships and relationships we have had for a long time, ones that are brand new or ones that we don't even know yet. Um, Dad's always made it clear to us that he's he's prayed since birth for our partners Um praying for their protection, their growth of character, for their families and how and when they would enter our lives. Um, being the youngest of three sisters with a big age gap, I have always had brothers um, through Callum and Nat, um, whether they're my sister's boyfriends or their, their husbands, they've always been around um, to annoy me. Um, and um, I would often say in my head or out loud, where's my guy? Um, when we go on family holidays when I was younger, we had mum and dad, Katie and Callum, Lo and Nat and Megan. And so I always said, where's the person to hold my hand? <laughs> um, and so that was often a thing, like, when's he going to come along? Um, but when I got into my early teenage years, I had the reassurance that mum and dad was always praying for him and he would come into my life at the right time. And so when he did, that felt really good because I knew that I was with the right people in the right place at the right time um, and I could have reassurance in that. Um, and I'm also incredibly thankful, as I'm sure both my sisters are, that my parents and my family treat our partners as part of the family from the beginning. My boyfriend gets along with all of um, my family um, and has a relationship with each of them individually. He feels comfortable and able to talk to them openly. Um, and we know we're loved um, and supported by my family and his, both as a couple and individually. And for that, we're both thankful. The next question was, what surprised you? Um, I said, apart from making up words and using them in everyday conversation, um, and then people looking at me like, what does that even mean? Um, if you know us well, we do make up a lot of words. Um, but the other thing was that how many people didn't understand my dad's job? Um, to me, it was just normal, um, as if my dad is a policeman, a fireman, you know, 
my dad leads a church um, and I often had to be explaining myself or explaining my dad what he does like he leads a church he works from home etc um, but also what he wasn't like he doesn't wear a dog collar um, he never has he never will um, he doesn't hate purple certain people groups um, and he's not strict at home um, and this felt weird to me to explain all of this and I would often get really frustrated at people's misconceptions um, and my biggest advice would be um, to explain to children in church families about how there are stereotypes about Christians um, but that's okay and it's our job to demonstrate what we believe and others may not always accept this but that's okay too. Um, next was what would you have liked mum and dad to have done differently? Now, this came with a little in brackets warning. You don't have to be mean to us. Um, just be honest. Um, so this is how I took the question. Um, as a young teenager um, or child, there were many things that my parents did that I didn't agree with. And there will still be things that my parents do that I don't agree with. Um, but they would encourage me to forgive those who did me wrong. Um, they lectured me on money and responsibility. They told me when I was wrong but didn't want to hear it. Um, and they made me stand on my own two feet. Um, they're still doing that. Um, and all these things I hated and at the time would have complained about a lot. Um, but however, as now an almost 20-year-old, yes, I'm almost 20, not 12, um, I can look back on um, these things and say they're some of the best things that my parents did for me. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, I've been able to be forgiving and I know that holding grudges only creates more hurt for yourself. I am able to be wise with my money and reliable responsibilities. I have been able to work on my faults and grow as a person and I'm able to rely on my own understanding and abilities and I have independence all of which I would never learn if my parents hadn't have given me these lessons. Finally, Dad asked what was important now. This is where I can't hold myself together. Um, currently, um, it's my sisters. Um, near or far, they're my biggest support network. Um, as you can imagine, our family's going through a lot of change and um, that kind of thing at the moment. And so... Even in writing this, my oldest sister helped me portray what I was trying to say. Um, I can ramble a lot. Um, and so I was like, Lauren, help me. And she was like, is this what you're trying to say? And I was like, yes, write it down. Do it for me. Um, but our parents have always encouraged us to have open communication and spend time together. Um, and especially making sure that no one misses out on family time. Our family time is our time and, and it's very important to us. Um, we as a family always put each other first and we always put extra effort into all we do, do for each other. Um, my sisters and brother-in-laws all get along with my boyfriend and we all do things together, which is incredibly important. Um, my sister Katie and her husband Callum invited me to live with them when my parents moved away to the Isle of Wight. And this isn't just because she's my sister and she feels sorry for poor abandoned Megan. Um, this is due to the relationship that we've we've built as friends as well and the relationship I've been able to build with Callum um, through that. Um, 
So no matter how big or little the problem or situation, we as sisters always stay in contact. Um, and I know that I've always got my brothers as well to support me. Um, so being a family, that's one of the most important things in life. Why they put me last and still all the time, I don't know. Now, I also followed the questions very closely because I am also a rambler. So by following the questions, I managed to contain myself a bit. Um, so again, question one for me was, what was always important? Well, there are many things that I feel are important, especially as the girls were growing up. But I would say that time and communication are probably the top two. And as you can see from what they've said, it's also important to them. To me, being a stay-at-home mum was important. It was a conscious choice that Mark and I made together for me to do that. But this wasn't always an easy thing. For one thing, it had considerable financial implications. Also, I couldn't drive. I didn't actually pass my test until Katie was one. So I often felt very isolated. But being with the girls as they learnt, grew and experienced new things... To be able to guide, influence and support them was very important. Now that all sounds very perfect, but through that time I was also quite frustrated, lonely and sometimes I just had a place of work where I could go to where I could actually meet with grown-ups. But looking back at that time, I realised that although at times it was difficult, it was also a time of great joy, amazement and pride seeing these tiny little bundles that totally consume your life grow into confident, or not so confident in some cases, little girls that you've inputted your everything into so that they can go out and face the world, well, at least school to start with, on their own, carrying with them all that you hope you've given them to equip them for the task. I always believe from the start of their lives that our girls are a gift from God. Our job as parents is to bring them up in God's way, to equip them, to love them so that they would then be ready to walk forward in the plans that God has and continues to have for them. To know as parents that God has our children in his hands gives us hope and an assurance, but it's still a very scary thing, as you know that there will come a time when you need to let them go. In fact, the whole of their growing up involves us letting them go, walking to school, going to the park, going to friends' houses and finally having boyfriends. When the girls began to grow up, giving them time took on a different meaning and this is where communication became much more important. Talking to and with them when they were little was very important but as they grew, listening gained far more importance. Can I say also that starting to talk with your children from a very young age is really important. It paves the way for when they are older. You cannot suddenly start talking to your teenager and expect them to communicate with you if you haven't started communicating with them when they were very small. I would especially encourage you to do the hard work at keeping going through their teenage years. It definitely pays off even if all you get as a reply is a grunt or I'm fine. Eventually, they will start to talk back. 
It started initially with them coming back from school and wanting to tell you some big drama about someone painting on their picture or upsetting them in some way. It may have seemed of little importance to me, and actually, really, I did want to unpack the shopping or cook the dinner, but they did need to know that I was ready to listen, that I would give them a hug and tell them it would be okay. And even though this was a huge deal today, it would all be okay tomorrow. For us, sitting in the corner of the kitchen counter, whatever house we lived in, became one of the main places of communication for at least two of my children. Or the chair in dad's study became the other, and I think you can work out which was which. And you knew that if they sat there, either through their teenage years and even now, they want to have a talk. Sometimes this just meant listening. They actually didn't want you to answer. They usually came up with their own answers as they talked, which is also an important lesson to learn. They just needed to vent. They are girls after all. Sometimes it meant listening, then offering some suggestions, also provoking them to find their own answers, and on occasion, dare I say it, even disagreeing with them. Open lines of communication are very important, from the simple text to tell us where they were, to the I'm being bullied at school, or I'm in love. And now as adults, it works both ways. My girls are very wise women, and they teach me a lot. They provoke me in love, and we share our plans, our aspirations, and our hurts together. Question two was, what would I have done differently? Well, I have to say, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And in retrospect, although I love doing lots of things to help the girls prepare for adult life, I recognize that I am a bit of a mother hen, and I want to make everything easier for them. So cleaning their rooms, cooking, giving them lists, picking up after them, etc., etc. Now, although that's quite normal when your children are little, in hindsight, as they grew, I think I should have got them to do a lot more of these things for themselves. They weren't silly. If I asked them to tidy their rooms, they knew that if they left it long enough, which Mark says was not very long at all, I would do it because I couldn't stand the mess. See, I told you they were wise women. It meant an easier life for them at the time, but when they became wives and I was being phoned about how to cook a chicken or how to make a hair appointment, I realized that perhaps I hadn't given them all the tools that they needed. However, they learned quickly, and I'm sure their husbands would agree that they are the best wives for them. Question three was, what would I always try not to do? This one was to not embarrass my children in front of others. It's quite interesting that as I look through my notes, a number of these things are very similar to what we would say about the covenant of marriage. Time, communication, and this one. What I mean about not embarrassing them in front of others is not so much about being a mum and dad and us being silly, or dad dancing, which the girls always say is really embarrassing, but secretly they love it. But I'm talking about not rebuking them or talking down to them in front of other people. When they were smaller and even into their older years, we would always try to move them from in front of others. Or if that wasn't possible, to whisper quietly in their ears or just give them one of those looks. Rather than embarrass them in front of other adults and especially in front of their peers. The other part of this, wherever possible, 
is not to discipline while I was in while I was angry or frustrated. The phrase go to your room or I want to talk to you later were often more so that we could calm down rather than them calming down. However, I did not always get this right. And the heat of one particular moment, I responded in a way that hopefully hasn't stayed with the two older girls, but has mortified me to this day. Finally, the question, do things change now that they're grown up? Interestingly, many of the same things still apply. They just work through in a different way. So, time is still of massive importance. We want them to know that they can call or come to our house at any time of day or night. We are there if they need us and we will do our level best to give them the time that they need. Communication, still very similar. However, there is an important difference in that Lauren and Katie are now married and so that it is vital that their communication starts within their marriage first. We still have chats about all sorts of things that might bother them, but often it's just as it was before, listening. The new one to us is being available to offer help and advice now that we are grandparents, but only when asked. I hasten to add that. It's a very important point. It is not our place to interfere. Just because they do things differently to the way we did things does not make it wrong. A good rule is not to butt into what you have not been asked into. It is also important now that we make sure that we communicate to them. For example, our current move to Apex Church on the Isle of Wight was first shared with all of them together, the boys and the girls. And along with their husbands, they prayed, discussed and shared their feelings and we really valued their wisdom and support. You may have noticed that I haven't actually quoted any specific Bible verses in what I have said, but I do want to say that all I have mentioned is based on my work with God, his word and his spirit. I myself was very blessed to be brought up into a Christian family, which was also very important, and they followed a lot of these values. Please understand, I have not got it all perfectly right By any means, I have made and continue to make many mistakes. We have had doors slammed, yelling, stropping, feet stamping, sulking, tantrums, and that's just Mark and I. But God has been very gracious. We have three amazing daughters who are all totally different, two great son-in-laws and a fab boyfriend and a gorgeous grandson. By God's grace, they are all walking the paths that God has laid out for them. And that is our most important thing. Our prayer is that we continue to be a family that walk with God. So our our time is up, but um, just literally to complete, I've got a couple of scriptures. um, One I want to mention. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 is one that... I used to quote a lot with, uh, with Lauren. Lauren was our first child, as you know, um, and Lauren and I were very close, still are, um, but she was quite feisty when she was little. So I used to quote Ephesians 6, which says, Children, obey your parents. It's the first command with a promise that you may live a long life. And I used to say to Lauren, do you want to live a long life? And she, uh, you should obey me. The thing is, Lauren learned to read when she was very young, before, almost before she went to school. And one day she came to me and she said, Daddy, do you know what the other half of that verse is? 
She said, fathers, do not exasperate your children. So we need to know that. I just want to say something. I didn't have chance in the first meeting. I just want to say something about Jackie just to honour. One of the things that as I look back over these years, 29 years with Lauren now, uh, this August, is that Jackie served our children. That's what I would say. My description, I would say her motherhood, she served the children. I'll leave that one with you. I would say two other things and then I'll finish with a scripture. If your children are out of sight, even worse, they're out of mind, that is a bad thing. It's not a good thing. Oh, it's good that the children are out of sight and out of mind. No, that's not good. That's bad. It's your responsibility to know where they are and what they are doing, what they are watching and what they are reading. You don't stop them from doing those things. You talk to them about them. Our children are our friends. That's a wonderful thing. I encourage you to be friends with your children. What would I have done differently? There are two things I simply would say that I would have done differently. I would have prayed more as a family. We tried to do the family Bible thing, uh, particularly with Katie and Lauren when they were little. I have to tell you very honestly, we could never really make it work very well. But we just have, as you've heard, talked a lot But I would have prayed with them together more as a family. And even now, I feel in recent years, we've tried to do that a bit more. The other thing is, I would have tried to teach them a bit more about budgeting and handling money than we did. The truth is that Jackie and I somewhat muddled our way through financially. And by God's grace, he always provided. He always met our needs um, they seem to have done quite well. Uh, the, the first two have married men who know how to handle money and, and to how to make money. So we did something right. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> we'll be going to them for a loan. Anyway, um, can I invite you to stand? I just want to um, give you a, a scripture as we finish. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Can I just pray? I am so aware on a morning like this morning that there will be such a mixture of emotions in this context. For some of you, family life has not been all that you would want it to be. For some of you, you long to have a family and for whatever reason, that's not the case currently. Whether as an older person or as a young married person looking to start family and it's not happening, just want to just say, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are for us. Father, that you are for us. I want to thank you that you know each one of us. Just so aware that when we share a morning like we've done this morning, we, we don't talk masses about all the problems and all the issues and all the ups and downs and the, and the night terrors and the, the tears and the, the upset things. There are, there are many, many things that we have to work through. But Father, we thank you that you are for us. We thank you that you are with us. And I just want to lift every person here in this room, particularly right now, for whom this morning creates a whole lot of mixture of emotions. I want to thank you that you are for us today and that you lead us today, that whatever our backstory, whatever our history up to this point, we thank you that your grace, as we have heard today, is enough for today and for the days to come. 
We thank you, Father, that you can help us in the days to come. We thank you that you will be with us in the days to come, that we can make a difference where we are in the days to come. And so, Father, I pray for each person, particularly here today, who's saying, I wish things were different. I I wish it had not been like that. Father, thank you for your grace today. And thank you that we can walk in that grace tomorrow and in the days to come. I pray right now, Father, for those who are longing for family, longing for children, whatever it might be. Father, I pray that you would meet their need according to your riches. I pray that your grace would come upon them, your blessing would come upon them. Father, I pray that you'd help us at whatever age, whatever stage we are right now, Lord God, that you would, you would remind us of your love, remind us of your goodness. You are for us. Lord, thank you for that great love. And we receive that love right now. We stand in it right now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, let the love of the Father come upon each one of you right now for where you are today. Whatever your age, whatever your stage, God is good. He longs to bless you, longs to strengthen you, longs to heal and deliver and to transform your life and your thinking. Let him come upon you right now. It's only by God's grace that we are who we are and where we are. And we receive that grace today, Lord. We ask for your strength for those who are battling in family life in whatever way. I pray for wisdom and strength from on high, that the hand of God would be with you and upon you. Father, we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen.